Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for another opportunity to meet and share your word with these wonderful people. I pray that they be blessed and edified by this word and it will push them to the next level of faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're with thy Bible, which you should be, open to the book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 27. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, note that word everlasting, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Hallelujah. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. We've got the many more years of our lives. And as we progress in years, it's also important that we progress in revelation. That is in understanding of the word, in our knowledge of the word. And our efficiency in things of the spirit should also increase. This year... They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength is a very interesting thing. I was sharing with uh, two other people recently on this same scripture. But it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I know that in churches it is preached in such a way to talk about a trust in the Lord. Waiting for God to pull through, in quote. But what I want you to notice about God here in verse 28, he says, the everlasting God, meaning he lives in eternity. He lives in timelessness, agelessness. He's not under time. And he is not going through problems for him to pull through or you're going through problems and he will pull you through. When you understand the pos God's position in this scripture and your position in this scripture, then you would now understand what it means to really wait upon him. I went on a study with a friend months back on waiting on the Lord because we heard so much about it, um, listened to messages about it, read about it in the scriptures, and we really wanted to know what it meant to wait on the Lord. Wait in its original rendering in that scripture means to be bound together. It actually means to be twisted, interlocked in such a way that it is one. It's one bond. So here it's not saying wait as in 
hold on and the Lord will do something. No. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. Meaning those that are joined to the Lord, one with the Lord, as Jesus said, I and my Father are one, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. But what I want you to also see in verse 30, it says, even the youths shall faint. It wasn't given an option. It's like youths, human beings, shall faint and be weary. And young men shall utterly fall. But they, different class or kind of people. The different kind of people. It's not talking about these youths now. It's not talking about the young men. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that are joined to the Lord, shall renew their strength. Renew. Don't be deceived um, by saying or thinking that renew is a redoing of their strength or a recharging of their strength. The original meaning, if you study it in the Hebrew, it means to change like a transformer. It's a step up. So they shall change their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. For what reason? Their strength is changed. Their source is changed. The question would now be, what kind of strength is this? What kind of uh, thing is this? Who doesn't get tired or who doesn't... Uh, run without stopping at some point. Verse 28. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. These people who are joined to the Lord now share or partake in his strength. Now, partake there doesn't mean one over four. Because I want to show you that it's a one bond. It's a bond. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Not two separate ones. And that's why we can afford to say, okay, listen to the voice of your spirit. Because it is joined to the Lord. It is one with the Lord. So it's not two different spirits. So... We're now seeing or studying about a change in strength. A power on the inside, a life on the inside that cannot be surmounted by sickness, that cannot be kept down by um, tension, failure, pressure, disease can't stand this person. You know, it's, it's something bigger. And because they are joined to the Lord, they partake in that same everlasting nature. When we got born again, we were born into eter an eternity. We're born into the spirit. We live there. Now it says walk in the spirit. But one thing you must understand is you have to inundate your mind with the word of God or else it would function like everyone else's. The Lord said to me one time, he said, don't complain like them folks do. Don't complain like everyone else. 
Because we know something that's different. They shall change their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God wants us to change our strength. Some of us are relying on our energy, relying on, on our might, what we can physically do. But when you accepted the Lord and His Spirit came into you, when you received the Holy Ghost, what happened was there was an intermingling. But it wasn't that He came and left. He became one with you. Now you're united with him. What does it mean? If we are really new creations, it therefore means that it's a new life, new senses, new, new body. New, it's a new world, field. So though we appear to be on the earth with men, we are not as they are. We are as he is. And I want to get you conscious of that reality so that we can start living in the power of it. Trust me, you're going to need it this year. So let's proceed. Go to Psalm. Praise God. Go to Psalm 119. 119 verse 92. Very simple message right here. 119 verse 92. David is writing. And if, if you've ever studied Psalm 119, I'd admonish that you all study it for yourselves. It's a beautiful psalm. It's just extolling or admiring the word of God. It's all talking about the the law he uses the the term thy law thy law thy commandment thy testimony but it's all talking about the word of god right and if you study it you'd see various parts and with a good understanding of the new testament you'd see the parts that apply to the christian so we're only going here to see the word of god which we have received and we are born of it's important we notice that he's praising a word but this is the stuff we are made of. Remember, they that are joined to the Lord. Joined to the Lord. And in Isaiah, when we're studying that 40 and 31, we understand that God is the Word. We know God is the Word. So they that are one with the Word. One with the Word in opinion. One with the Word in perception, one with the word, in walking, talking, everything. One with the word. Born of the word, one with the word. Now, now, listen to, listen to David. Listen, listen to David. 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. You know, David was, was a king, right? And he encountered enemies and all sorts of things that tried to uh, affect him. But he says, unless thy law or word had been my delight, I should have perished in my affliction. 
I would never forget thy precepts, for with them, with them, with the word, thou hast quickened me. And this is the stuff you're made of. You become one with this thing. I am thine, Lord. Save me. For I have sought thy precepts is crying out. But we've got that salvation. Amen. He now says, the wicked have waited for me. Now this same word, waited, is the exact same Hebrew word used for that other one. So it means to gather up. That is, they are together, assembled against in this situation. So the wicked have waited for me to destroy me. But I will not cry, not worry, not be anxious. He says, I will consider thy testimonies. Still talking about the word. But I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection. But thy commandment is exceeding broad. If you would understand this. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me. But I will consider their testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection. Let, let, let me explain it to you. The wicked ones. The enemies. The hardships. The battles. They've come against me. But I will consider their testimonies. Now he says I have seen. An end of all perfection. Some other translations will try to say, um, I have seen the fullness of human perfection. All, all the things that human perfection could try to, you know, what, what you're trying to achieve, what can, is humanly possible. So he has seen, he's talking about in the realm of the senses, his sight has seen the end of all perfection. That is... He has seen the limit of human perfection. He has seen the, the max. He's seen all that could possibly be achieved by human means. That are humanly possible by the senses. But he says, thy commandment is exceeding broad. Now, the King James is, is um, difficult to, doesn't, doesn't put it in the most explicit terms. Even if you study it in the Greek, you may not uh, get it. I'm sorry, in the Hebrew, you may not get it exactly. You may not capture the full meaning. But he says, I have seen an end of all perfection. That is, I've seen a consummation. I've seen everything that could possibly be achieved. But your word exceeds the limit of this perfection. Let me, let me put it to you. Let me read the Hebrew for you. From 95. The wicked hope to destroy me, but I focus on your instructions. Remember, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that are one with his word, agree with his word, understand, appropriate, and declare his word. Listen. Listen, they shall change their strength. The reason we see renew there is because it's a constant fellowship. It's a constant oneness and communion with his word. But he says, now, I focus on your instruction. 
I see the limits of all perfection, 96. But your mitzvah has no bounds. I see the limit of perfection. I see what, can, what is humanly possible. That is, I am faced with adversity. I've seen the best weapons. I've seen the best men, the strongest men. I've seen the greatest things humanly possible. But your word has no limit. These things he's up against. From the standpoint of the physical, he has checked and it has a limit. It's limited in expression. As a young man, they can run, but they will still get tired. In that realm of the natural, it says, whatever comes up, know that the law of gravity that puts things down, <laughs> it's in the physical. Listen, so, whatever goes up must come down. But in the realm of faith, when you're one with the word, you start to understand why quotes like, um, you must learn to fall before you learn to rise. Or, or you, you must... Um, um, everybody would have that broken point, that sad point in you. No, you'd start to understand why we talk the way we do. Because there's a oneness. It's an alignment with the word that you've got to have. From now on, if you really want to flow in the power, righteousness, and perfection of the word, you must understand... I see the limits of all perfection, but your word, your commandment has no bounds. Has no bounds. In the King James, we see, um, I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Exceeding there in the Hebrew, it, it has the same meaning for vehement. Vehemently. And that word vehemently means forceful energy. It's a power. It's a power. It says, Thy commandment is exceeding broad. That is, it has no bounds. The word has no limit. It can't be shortened, cut off. It's exceedingly broad. He's faced against enemies, faced against pillars, faced against so many things. But he's talking about the efficacy and power of thy word is what I have focused on. Not even these weapons, not even these things that, you know, that there's just a limit to what humans can achieve. But he that is one with the word is unstoppable. He's limitless. No, no, no. You've, you've, you've got to start taking it. Because as long as you, you keep looking at yourself by your physical, supposed physical abilities, you quench your divine potential. What God has come and to do and, or came to do and accomplished in Christ Jesus was oneness. It was a fellowship. Adam was in the garden. Adam was in the garden. God cast him out of the garden for he sinned. He fell short of the glory of God.
But what, what was, what was it? He was banished from that garden. Now, if you read the book of Second Samuel, you see um, some relations. I don't have the time to take you through that. But it says God doesn't want any man to perish. Neither does he want anyone who has banished. But he makes a means. He finds a way. He finds a way to bring that one who was banished back into that house. For what? Fellowship. Remember, Adam. Adam had a communion with God. He talked with God. He spoke with God from time to time. But you see, when he sinned, when he disobeyed the commandment, he lost that fellowship, that oneness with God. Jesus Christ being the way, he was a means to an end. And now he has brought us into an inseparable oneness with the word such that now you cease to run with human energy you are now working with the force of the word he said the wicked have waited for me to destroy me but i will consider that testimonies listen the bible says we overcame or they overcame by the blood of the lamb jesus christ and the word of their testimony. What is our testimony? The word of our testimony. It's a word. Not the words of our testimony. But the word of our testimony. Christ. Christ. This is the mystery which was hid. Christ in you. The word in you. God in you. The Lord in you. The spirit of God in you. The word strong and alive and one with you. The hope of glory, fulfillment, prosperity, peace. When faced with difficulty, challenged by life, think of the word of our testimony, Christ in me. Ponder upon, like David, the oneness with the word. Consider our testimony. He says, I've seen the limit of all perfection. But your word has no bounds. It can't be held bound. Come on, think of, think of the apostles put in prison. In the night, the angel of the Lord came, freed them, and said, go and preach about this life. Read your, read your Bible in the book of Acts. It says, this life. It says, this life. That's the life we've received. The very life of God. The very life of God that cannot be held bound by anything. It can't be shortened. It can't be held. Ponder upon it. Meditate on it. That's where the freedom is. The victory is. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. This oneness. In this year, fellowship with the word. Fellowship with the word. Have word sessions every day. As you keep sticking with the word, converse, I mean, start talking the word. You know, sometimes we make confessions. If you notice, when I taught you about how to start your day right, I didn't say, say anything. You don't just say anything. You make claims based on the word, based on his word. He said, I consider testimonies. That testimonies. 
You make those claims based on the word. Christ in me, the hope of glory. In all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. Sometimes academics work. Things try to weigh us down, defeat us, put us in a position to cry. But you see, they that wait, they that are bonded, joined, one with the Lord, have changed their strength. That's our testimony. We've changed our strength. Never fail to get out once in a while and talk about your oneness with the word. Your oneness with the word. It's inseparable. You're made of something that cannot be killed. Discover the inner power, the inner life, the inner spirit. Oh, verse 96 again. From 95. The wicked hope to destroy me, he says. But I focus on your instruction. I see the limits of all perfection. What could be attained and gotten by man. But your mitzvah, your commandment, your word has no bounds. So he has told us. That his word in us cannot be held bound. So if we are born of this word, it means we cannot be held bound. It means we, nothing can tie us down. Yea, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Who loved us? Jesus. Then you understand the apostle Paul when he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ, the word of our testimony, lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by his faith. Whose faith? The son of God's faith. For he loved us and gave himself for us. How can you be defeated when you understand the life on the inside? How can you fail when you, you've got the word actively working? Learn to be in constant fellowship with the word. Daily. Start your day with the word. I mean, affirm this thing. Say this thing. Discover that inner power, that inner life. And watch. Your days will be filled with joy, gladness, peace. Always say to yourself, I can never be held bound by anything. I will never be subject. I can never be held bound. No, no, no. No, no, no. Did you hear about Samson? I mean, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. What did it mean? It meant the Spirit of God joined with him. It clothed him, like it says for Gideon. It came upon him mightily. And the Bible says those chains, those ropes, those things they put around, they burned off. They burned off. What was that? What was that? This oneness. He couldn't be held bound. It loosened from him. The ropes, they burned off him. The anointing in you. It's Christ in you. It's the word in you. And it's something that Christians have not, have not so delved into or discovered. Everything you want from God this year, next year, for the rest of your life, it's in his word. His word is able to communicate to you all that he wants for you. Remember, 
Forever thy word is settled in heaven. He's already done everything. It's us to take his word now and bring it to pass on the earth. Let this be your contemplation. Let it be your, your constant meditation. Read about, read later on in that verse from 19, 119. David starts to say, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, has made me wiser than my enemies, for they are forever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, oh, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil, that, my, that I may keep thy word. Discover this word, discover this word, and that oneness with you. God bless you.